0: Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. We're your hosts, Rachel Rood and Robin Rood. This week, we are talking to Louise Freilich, director of the Face-to-Face Holocaust Education Program. She tells us why teaching young people about the Holocaust is more important now than ever. We sat down with Louise at Congregation Share Tikva in Beachwood. Thank you so much for joining Cleveland Schmidt. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so we start by asking everybody to just tell us a little bit about their Jewish upbringing and, you know, just where you went to shul, how, you know, involved you are today, and that sort of thing.
1: Okay, so um, I was born in Wilmington, Delaware, and I grew up um, from age two in uh, the Boston area. We belonged to a conservative synagogue, and um, I came to Cleveland uh, 28 years ago following my husband's job, and we've belonged to Jari for about 27 years. That's basically how I got started. <laughs> how I got started, you know, in terms of Judaism, in terms of uh, the Holocaust. I don't have personal family connections to the Holocaust in my family, but my husband. Is a second generation mm. a survivor. His father um, and his uh, aunt and uncle got out, but his grandmother and grandfather, his paternal grandmother and grandfather, perished. In, oh, no. in, and where were they, in, they from? In, they were they were from Altenburg, Germany, and um, his grandfather died in um, in Dachau,
0: and his grandmother in Auschwitz. Hmm. So. Face-to-Face Holocaust Education Program is uh, celebrating its 25th year this year. Um, So that must have been started after you had moved to Cleveland. Right. Uh, Yes,
1: it did. I've been director for 16 years, and I was a a volunteer for the program for four years before that. So I've been with Face-to-Face for 20 years. And we've had, uh, it's a field trip program. So school groups come to Shari Tikvah for a morning of education where they get to meet with a rabbi or a Jewish educator at the beginning of the morning, they get to meet with a Holocaust survivor at the end of the morning, and in between there's a slide presentation about overview of the Holocaust, and there's some museum time in our social hall which is set up as a museum on the weeks we have programs. And we have volunteer docents who help us out in the museum. And uh, so the, it's a three-hour program from 9.30 to 12.30. And uh, we've had, um, by the end of this year, it's all, uh, very close to 55,000 students through our wow. doors. Do schools reach out to you or you reach out to them? Well, um, so schools come year after year. So so once you've built up um, a, a body of schools that come, you still have to reach out and get new schools all the time because there's loss along the way. Mm. I think uh, this year uh, we had like 27 returning schools and seven new schools. So so something something along those lines. And uh, some of it is word of mouth. Some of it is you know reaching out to to schools.
0: How did the original program get started? It started
1: when Rabbi Gary Robach was the rabbi at Charitikva. And he had been, as a high school student, um, a student of uh, Litris Rubinsky's, when he had gone on Journey of Conscience at that time. So what, what is that? It was a trip to Poland and Israel. And they went to Auschwitz.
2: And they went to Auschwitz. And Leatrice Rubinsky was a high school teacher at Cleveland Heights High School. Right. I actually was in one of her Holocaust classes in
0: 1975.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. So she she was uh, Dr. Holocaust Education in Cleveland, right. and and she was also you know helped get was a a mentor in helping to get face to face started. So it has sort of grown through the years. Um, 25 years now and i've been involved with the program for 24 as a volunteer and then then 16 as director so Um, who volunteers volunteers. who volunteers yeah it's both synagogue members and people from outside of the synagogue Um, it might even be half and half so a lot of retired people volunteer some of our docents float around and they can do a lot of of the stations and others are have one particular station that they do and, what um, are the
0: kinds of things that people learn at the stations? So it goes kind of
1: chronologically around around the room. Uh, there's um, It starts with uh, Seeds of Destruction, which talks a lot about propaganda. There's a Kristallnacht station. There's a Kindertransport station. There's a ghetto station. There's a book table with books and videos. There's a Torah table that has a Holocaust Torah that has its own story to it. There's um, Final Solution, Auschwitz, Theresienstadt, Rescue and Resistance, Liberation and Hope, and Remembrance. Mm. So those are our stations, and uh, um, some of our docents can do any of them, and some of them stick to, to one area of, of, uh, that they like. Is there some kind of a group talk Oh, well, sure. So the morning starts at the beginning of the morning in the sanctuary. After welcoming the students, they get to meet with a rabbi or a Jewish educator, and we have a team of, of rabbis and Jewish educators from throughout the community, and they donate their time, uh, and they give a, a sort of background about uh, Judaism and synagogue life so that to provide context, we want to make sure that uh, the students who are mostly non-Jewish understand Judaism is a living religion and that Hitler did not succeed fully. And we want them to understand for instance what desecration of a Torah is but how can you understand that if you don't know what a Torah is? So so that that's the first piece and then there's a slide presentation. we have two slide presentations one, for groups that have not had much of a background and that's an overview of the Holocaust. And the other is that we just started using last year is for um, groups that have had more of a background and have have done more of an extensive unit at school. and that's a, about called uh, using photographs to understand the Holocaust. And then they move on to the museum and then they get to hear from a holocaust survivor. And the survivors have a real range of experiences from from being on kinder transport to hidden children to to survivors from concentration who experienced concentration camps and death marches and ghettos and
0: I imagine those things I imagine since this has been going on for 25 years that a lot of the people who have volunteered to tell their stories, you know, have unfortunately passed on. Is that so
1: yeah that's um definitely an issue um so in my time uh, there have been 75 speakers that i've have had here maybe some of them only once mm-hmm. um, but um you know quite a number maybe 20 or 25 have have passed on and others are no longer speaking because of health reasons or their yeah. spouse's health reasons so so definitely um things need to to be changing up in, in the fairly near future, um, How do you so I
2: don't plan know. To go so
1: so there there uh, there were, well there are a number of things. Um, between 2005 and 2007, we we did a video project where we filmed 25 of our speakers at face to face, and so we have a whole box set. Um, and those videos are available at the U.S. Holocaust Museum Memorial Museum Online Archive. And in DC. In DC. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're available to anybody. But um, it's possible that they might want to use them in conjunction with second generation people to do sure. questions and answers. There are lots of ways it might be handled. But the program, um, as of January, was taken was acquired by Cole Israel Foundation, which is the Holocaust Survivors Organization in Cleveland. I'll be retiring at the end of June, and they've hired a um, education director to to handle face to face and to handle their own a smaller program called Sharing Our Stories, which goes out to schools and so that person has already is Marion Lax and she has already started um, it, she started at the beginning of May and uh, so we're we're um, doing uh, training and uh, turnover and making sure she has all the files she needs and my desk gets cleared out.
2: <laughs> when you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines, including j Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free. What are the questions that the students ask? When the group comes in, they always ask these questions.
1: Sometimes they want to know um, what coming to the United States was like. It, it depends on the survivor's story. I'm always surprised that, that that you get a question often. Did you ever see Hitler? Uh, I mean, that's a a, a, a common question. I guess um, I'd want to know too. Um, yeah. I don't think that any. Of my survivors has answered yes to that question. Though there might have been one who saw him in some parade,
0: you know, out the window or something like that. Have um, the events of not just one but two tragic shootings at synagogues like made this work feel even more important to share? Of course,
1: of course. Um, uh, Anti-Semitism is hasn't gone away, and uh, other hatreds of people, um, it, uh, you know it hasn't hasn't stopped.
0: I'll see studies sometimes come across the news that say like millennials can't name one you know concentration camp or they don't know how many Jews were killed in the Holocaust. like it's do you feel like information as we get further and further away from people who were around when that happened is, is
1: well, that's why I think having survivor testimony. As long as we can is very very important, Mm -hmm. and certainly um, today I had the group that came today. There was a teacher who came who had come to the program when he was a student. Wow! So that that felt um, it it was actually an eighth grade group um, from St. Gabriel School in uh, in Mentor who that came and. the teacher was actually teaching 6th grade and asked to go on the field trip because oh. he had remembered his field trip from when, oh. when he was in school. Wow. So that must have made you feel good. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That was a, uh, a new one for me. And yeah.
0: I also wanted to ask you if Stanley Bernath was uh, one of your... Yeah,
1: Stanley Bernath was one of our speakers mm. and um, he had spoken... Uh, about a month before his death, mm-hmm. and um, he was very, very vibrant, yeah. um, and was a volunteer. Two years ago, he was a volunteer of the year both at JFSA and at Menorah Park, and uh, he was. And he spoke a lot of places, Malt Museum, and for us, and and whatnot. And, and he's
2: and, the hologram.
1: And he's the hologram. Yes. Uh, so he, his, his his memory will live on in a in a different way
0: i and wonder if you have such appreciation and i mean i'm in such awe of the survivors who are willing to speak their their story and relive that trauma every time
1: yeah um, um stanley had a really good attitude like he brush it off he wasn't going to let it you know
2: he wasn't going to let them win. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. Right. But um but a lot of our survivors it's it's very hard and they you know the night before they have difficulty and the night night after they'll have dif- you know they sometimes yeah. have difficulty. And then there are other people who once they started talking the nightmares disappeared. So um. it it really varies what what the reaction is depending on their circumstance, but um Sometimes it gets, you know, harder as right. they get older, and sometimes, right. sometimes not.
2: And I think this education that face-to-face is doing is so important, because who's going to talk about this in the next generations? So they don't believe it. If you talk to half of the young people, they, they don't
1: believe it. They're willing to believe it. it never happened. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why this yeah. kind of education
0: is is so important. Well, I want to Thank you for talking to us. And um, uh, before we let you go, uh, you're about to retire in June. What are your plans? Well, I don't have any specific plans. I do
1: have a uh, granddaughter who's three in Boston, and I want to have more time for that, mm-hmm. to visit her. And um, just uh, it just felt like it was time to to move on. Are going to write a book? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some volunteer work is in the... In the offing, somewhere down the road, but I think I'll take a little time and just see where where life just takes relax me. and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Enjoy yourself <laughs> while you got your health. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, my husband and I are taking a, a month long trip to Israel and Europe in, oh, in uh, right after
0: uh, Yom Kippur. So, nice. that's Wonderful. So. well, thank you so much for talking with
2: us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> that schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> Perfect.